Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, July 26, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serrata, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. Happy Tarantino Friday, everyone. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Go to theaters, see that... uh, on the water cooler episode this week, uh, me and Brad were talking about this Spider-Man popcorn that they offer at AMC. Uh, we we were discussing what the flavor was. Uh, I think, Brad, you said it was just caramel flavored, right? I, w- I was told that it was just it was like kettle corn, but with a candy coating. Yeah, and I was told that one of the one of the colors was caramel and one of the colors was vanilla, and I believe this. And it turns out we were both kind of right. Um, we got an email from Ryan Noonan, the director of AMC's Corporate Communications. And he writes in, Peter, I heard the podcast yesterday and the discussion about the Spider-Man popcorn. I know that sometimes the debate is more fun than actual answer, but I figured I would ask around and get a definite answer. In case you wanted to know, the flavor, both colors, is vanilla kettle corn. So it, 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 both colors were vanilla and caramel. So that answers that. But, well, uh, <laughs> so um, Ryan, since I now know you're listening, can you please make your movie theaters better? Whoa. <laughs> that's just, that's mean. No, I'm asking, I said, please. Pl- I know he, <laughs> please. I love going to the movies, Ryan, but every AMC I go to has, has been a disappointment and I would like that to change. And if you're, uh, if you're out there, I, I was gonna say how cool out. it is that a, someone from AMC is listening to this podcast, but I'm not. It I'm is not... cool. You know what else would be cool if their oh, theaters no. were better, Chris. <laughs> and all, and all, and also, I hope none of those AMC theaters have parking spots for expecting mothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you get rid of those, Ryan? Chris, that part you... was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Do you have any th- AMC theaters near you that offer AMC Prime? I don't even know what that is. Is that like a is that like a steak thing? They offer some prime rib. They bring it out to you. No, your, uh, I don't know what that is. Um, 
what it's kind of like one of those upcharge uh, theaters, kind of like IMAX or Dolby Cinema. Have you been to Dolby oh, no. Cinema? We definitely don't have that. We have oh. we have AMC Dumpster, I believe it's called. There's like <laughs> I'm sorry, huh. Ryan. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Now now I regret now. bringing this up at all. But... No, I I I'm not saying Ryan is like a bad person. I'm saying I would love it if AMC were better like amc ryan was just trying to be a nice guy and reach out and, and, and give uh, to put an end to this mystery of the popcorn what? mystery come on what did i say that was me in all honesty you i just called one of the theaters amc dumpster <laughs> look the amc near me i was at a, i was there one day a rat came out of the wall i'm not even kidding are it, you serious was, yes Whoa, what okay, amc is this you need to call this out it is the AMC Lowe's Cherry Hill. I swear to God, they have rats in the wall. <sighs> HP Lovecraft story. All right, I, I take it back. I no longer apologize on behalf of anybody. If there are rats crawling around in a theater, yeah, that deserves to be called out. In fairness, it might have been a mouse. It was some sort of rodent. Man, well, are you sure it wasn't like a, uh, an interactive like Willard kind of screening? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, it was actually during a screening of Ratatouille, so maybe it was intentional. I, you know, I, I got to defend AMC here to play devil's advocate. I have AMC A-list. I know Brad has AMC A-list. And I enjoy going to the movie once a week for the subscription price. Um, and I also enjoy going to these, like, Dobe and Prime theaters. I, Chris, Peter, you you're to... also in Los Angeles, though. You're in yeah, the city that... that has the best theaters in the world. Yeah, but, but, but Chris, you're, you're saying there really isn't a Dobe cinema or a Prime theater in any of your amcs locally there's definitely not a prime i think there might be a dolby but there's no there's no way there's a prime near yeah near the, clo- the closest one to me is like an hour away oh like almost every see maybe i'm maybe you're right ben maybe yeah. i'm just like in a bubble <laughs> because almost every amc theater around us in la has like adobe in a prime in an imax <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, when I go home to visit my family in Florida, and and if we go to an AMC theater, I mean, it's it's night and day the difference between the stuff that's out here and you know the the quality of what you get out out in Florida. So I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, I think Chris is probably right here. I I, I do want to say though, but if you do get a chance to go to one of those premium experiences, I I, I feel like it's one of the best theaters better best theater experiences you can experience at a theater like i know i said theater like three times there but i i really love amc prime and i love dobe cinema and uh chris i I will say when i when i go to press screenings in chicago it's at an amc theater and it's well one that has a dolby screen and uh it's a prime experience and they it is very very nice it's it's much different from the uh i believe the amc classics uh that are in a lot of the more rural, uh, less populated areas. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm sorry about the rat problem, Chris. <laughs> me me too. I'm also sorry about the rat problem. <laughs> so wait, what, what is your your movie theater choice if if it's not AMC? My living room. I would love to watch everything <laughs> in my living room. Honestly, I wish no. Honestly, I wish they were just they would open a draft house near me, but I just don't think that's ever going to happen for some reason so that's why i would like amc to be better because that's pretty much what i have that's my only real option they're the only game in town and i would like it if they practiced and improved their game amc also offers these dine-in theaters have you ever have any of you been to one of these 
There's yeah. there's one in Chicago, but I haven't been to it. Yeah, there's one in Marina Del Rey near us, and there's actually one near where I live, but it's not an actually proper dine-in theater. But it, it's fantastic. It's almost like the Alamo Draft House. So, so it's, it's, see, Ryan, I'm trying to stick up for the AMC brand here, but. Uh, the checks in the mail, Peter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> along okay. with Spider-Man popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, let's talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home and the box office. I know we were waiting because if this movie hit a billion dollars, we had heard that uh, Marvel Studios would retain the rights uh, going forward for the a third Spider-Man film. So, Ben, how is it doing? Yes, this movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, has crossed the billion-dollar mark at the global box office. So fans can breathe a sigh of relief there. We know that's the third movie uh, in the the Spider-Man Home trilogy, I think Brad referred to it uh, on a previous episode of the podcast, will be uh, you know another sort of a partnership effort between Marvel Studios and Sony. Um, yeah, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the, the movie uh, passed the billion-dollar mark yesterday, and that actually makes it the first solo spider-man movie to ever do that and actually it's the second highest grossing movie in sony's entire history right behind the 2012 james bond movie skyfall now those are insane numbers so i guess that ensures that we're going to get a third spider-man movie from marvel studios at sony and that's that's a good thing yes um okay let's talk about disney plus uh the tcas are going on right now and that's the Television Critics Association. Uh, basically, a bunch of t- television critics get in, in in a room and they have panels. Uh, but we have learned a little bit more about Disney Plus. Brad, what do we know? Yes, when Disney Plus arrives, uh, it will also be available as an add-on to Hulu. Uh, Disney now owns a majority stake in Hulu, so it makes sense that they would want to sort of create this connectivity. Um, and over on Hulu, there's already several subscription add-ons available. Anyway, you can get uh, HBO or CBS ac- All Access through Hulu. However, the difference is is that if you want those subscriptions through Hulu, then you actually have to subscribe to them through Hulu. So, for example, if you have HBO Go right or HBO Now right this very moment, you couldn't log into HBO Now through Hulu. You would have to cancel your HBO Now subscription which is independent of Hulu, and subscribe to HBO through Hulu. So when Disney Plus comes around, you'll have to decide whether or not you want to subscribe to Disney Plus independently or if you want to do it through Hulu so that you can access the, the basically what was, amounts to an app within Hulu to use it. Um, and wait, it wait, do you, wonder, get a, do you get a discount for doing that? That's what remains to be seen. Uh, it's not clear. We're, we're wondering if maybe since Disney does have a, a large stake in Hulu, they might offer uh, some kind of discount for doing it. After all, it would give what uh, may drive more subscriptions to, towards Hulu if people don't have Hulu yet and they want Disney Plus as well. They could work out some kind of bundle deal. Um, they've definitely been doing that recently. I know that there's some kind of bundle that Hulu has with Spotify right now, so they've been doing some collaborations recently. Um, me personally, I feel like I would probably want disney plus separate if only because i i kind of want to i would like to keep all subscriptions separate from each other because if i want to cancel one then it makes it a little bit easier i guess in my, in my mind i don't know I, I i guess you could always unsubscribe from 
uh, a certain subscription through Hulu, but Brad, I'm not sure Brad, how, how complicated that is. Brad is the type of person, when he goes on the first date, he's figuring out how he can break up with the person down the line. <laughs> wow, that's that's deep, and that's that's that sounds like something like a therapist would say. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I agree with you, actually, Brad, because... By the way, has anybody does anybody like the Hulu interface? I feel like it's like one of the worst streaming service interfaces out there. I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, I don't I think yeah. it's that bad. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it, but I do feel like it could use some work as far as um, organization when you're like searching through things by genre and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That, But I just feel like it, I want – you know, I don't love tiles, but tiles are much better than like – a line of text that I scroll through. <laughs> well, you can you can get to a tile page. You just have to scroll through that list first and get and hit more to see the tiles. Yeah, because everybody wants to get to the 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 optimum way of going through an interface by going through the crappy interface first. <laughs> um, well, well, maybe you can talk to the the head of marketing yeah. at Hulu and. <laughs> Tell them how much how much you don't like their popcorn, and then they'll email you. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are not listening to this podcast. But I would say, like, I I'm guessing the Hulu version of Disney Plus will not have the same exact interface as the standalone version. I would I would like the standalone version. I actually don't even I don't know necessarily because yeah. I'm not sure if it works in much the same way where like Apple TV has an app for HBO and stuff like that. If Hulu itself. Yeah. Has an has an app within an app function. I'm not. I actually don't subscribe to any other uh, services through Hulu, so I don't know how that works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Avengers Endgame. Another deleted scene scene has hit the web, and this one actually confirms what we suspected. Uh, I guess spoilers for Avengers Endgame coming up, but uh, Gamora has survived. Chris, what do we know? Uh yeah. So this this. Uh... Uh, deleted scene it comes pretty much at the end of the movie and it is right after uh, Tony Stark dies and it shows all the survivors of that big battle uh, like kneeling down to to honor him and honestly it makes sense that they cut it because it's just a bit much and also it's trying to convey the same emotion that the very next scene at the funeral is also conveying so they really didn't need it but uh, nestled in the midst of this scene, there is a shot of Gamora, the Gamora of the past who ended up in the present because the the regular present Gamora is already dead. So the current Gamora who's still alive, they show her looking at everyone and then she just walks away. And, you know, in the theatrical cut, we didn't really see what happened to Gamora after the battle. And even though I, I think uh, most people assume she's still alive and out there somewhere, some people did think like, oh, maybe she got dusted when Iron Man snapped his Iron Man gauntlet because, you know, he snapped away all of Thanos's uh, army. And technically she's part of that because she's his daughter. But this uh, definitely proves that, no, she's still alive and she just, you know, went off on her own. And I'm guessing... Avenger, I'm I'm guessing Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be about them trying to you know find her wherever she went. Yeah, I I would say that this would confirm that she's alive, but this is a deleted scene, and there's been many deleted scenes where the events of, uh, the events of those deleted scenes are not canon. But the writers 
it was either the writers or the directors at Comic-Con basically confirmed that she's still alive. So, yeah. So there you go. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about, let's move on from Marvel to DC. Let's talk about Joker, the new film from Todd Phillips, which apparently is being positioned as an award contender. Ben, what do we know? Yeah, so this movie is going to debut at the Venice Film Festival, which is like a pretty, uh, I don't know, like a hoity-toity place for a comic book movie to make its its grand debut. And uh, Variety spoke with the artistic director of the Venice Film Festival, and they were talking about Joker, this new Todd Phillips movie that is coming out. And uh, basically they were saying, here, I'll, I'll read the quote that uh, from Alberto Barbera, the director, artistic director of, of this film festival. He said, uh, as usual, Warner Brothers wanted to be in a more protected situation as with uh, Star is Born last year, which launched out of competition. But then director Todd Phillips said, I don't care if I run the risk of not winning. Why shouldn't I go in competition when I know what we've uh, what I've got on our hands? So um, basically the movie was originally sort of pitched as being a part of this film festival, but not launching in competition, not like being uh, judged up against the other contenders. And basically just as like a, um, I don't know, like a gala screening or something like that, just like a special event that's happening sort of on the side of the main competition. But Todd Phillips uh, is so confident in this movie. He, he is, uh, he knows that he's got something great and he said, you know, like, let's do it. He's the one who pushed to actually convince Warner brothers to put this movie in competition at the film festival, which is different than just sort of debuting on the side. Um, this, uh, Artistic director also went on to say that Warner's was convinced pretty rapidly because it's a really surprising film. It's the most surprising film we've got this year. This one's going straight to the Oscars, even though it's gritty, dark, violent. Um, it has amazing ambition and scope. So that's the extent of his quote there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're definitely positioning this for maybe even like a best picture sort of scenario, but certainly, um, you know, I and I assume you guys would not be remotely surprised if like Joaquin Phoenix got nominated for best actor because we've seen from the the first trailer of Joker that um, he's certainly, you know, d turning in another transformative performance here. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm j it's just so weird to think about Joker as like a, a, a big Oscar player. But I guess that's what's going on here. I mean, we, we, we thought of the Dark Knight as an Oscar player it didn't happen. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when this movie was first announced, I had heard that this was going for awards. Like it was that kind of, uh, film and, uh, wait, our, our own Jacob Hall made a big, uh, stand on this, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, he said, uh, I will eat the disgusting food choice of the team's choice on, uh, on slash film daily. If this movie is an actual Oscar contender, uh, and he said that he would drink an entire bottle of ranch soda or worse. So he is very, uh, he, he is not buying into the hype here. Um, so wait, does and, that mean, does that mean if it gets a single Oscar nomination, he will yeah. drink? Okay. I mean, he said Oscar contender. I will have to ask him what he really means yeah, because, by that. Because yeah, Suicide Squad got an Oscar. Right. <laughs> yeah, if he really meant, like, best picture I'm contender. I'm guessing – okay, I'm going I'm to clarify this for him, but we, we can ask him. But I'm, I would think it would mean, like, one of the more important awards. Like, you know, an actor – you know, like uh, – more important. Now I'm going to – I'm shooting myself. Uh, one of the <laughs> above-the-line awards. Yeah. Right. If, 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 if that, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think, by the way, I don't think there's like 
it isn't unbelievable that Joaquin Phoenix could be, be nominated for this. Like, uh, Chris, what do you think? You were originally excited for this, and then for reasons we can't explain, are not as exp- excited for this movie now. Um, what, what, do you think this could be an Oscar contender? I do think it wouldn't be crazy if Joaquin Phoenix got nominated just because he's a great actor in general, and I'm sure he really did give it his all. But I would be very surprised if it got nominated for Best Picture. But, you know, you never know. Brad, what about you? Do you, do you think Joker has has what it takes to get a nomination? Um, You know, it's... I don't think it's entirely out of the realm of impossibility. This, you know, this movie looks like it's a much more grounded and, you know, I guess psychological approach to the comic book genre. Um, I, I think it's too soon to say for sure, but the Academy has shown to be more, a little bit more interested in giving comic book movies a fair fight at the awards. Uh, you know, Black Panther did really well. Uh, granted, that came, you know, with the the whole idea of, you know, being a breakthrough movie in, in a different way. Uh, but with Joaquin Phoenix, you know, in the lead, I feel like this movie stands to have a little bit more of a prestigious profile once award season comes around. Yeah, I guess you've also got like Scorsese as like uh, an executive producer, right? So like, yeah. theoretically, that could that could lend some legitimacy to it, maybe help out in the uh, the award De Niro, circles. De Niro's, De Niro's in the movie too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it might also help that there's nobody in tights in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nobody with as a cape. As far as we know. As, as <laughs> right. far as we know, yeah, you, you're right. The, Batman could show up in the end scene. We, we don't know. Uh, but I think if Batman does show up in, in the third act, I do think that will hurt this film's award. I, I don't even, I'm not even saying Batman. I'm saying anybody could appear in tights. Oh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we were talking about AMC A-List earlier, and Regal has finally officially announced their service Unlimited. Uh, what is this, Brad? Uh, following the trend of AMC Stubbs A-List um, and Alamo Drafthouse subscription service, Regal has come out with their own uh, unlimited movie ticket subscription. Uh, it is probably, the, um, with the exception of Alamo Drafthouse, which is a smaller theater chain uh, by you know corporate standards, um, this one by Regal is probably the closest to what MoviePass was uh, albeit at a slightly higher price tag. Um, so the way Regal Unlimited is going to work is there are three different subscription tiers, uh, each of them giving you access to a certain selection of theaters across the country, the lowest tier being one that gives you access to uh, theaters that are in less populated areas, and the highest one giving you access to the kind of theaters you would uh, go to in L.A. and New York. And then uh, the any subscription... Uh, gives you access to see as many movies uh, as you want to at any showtime, uh, any day of the week, and for it's for this uh, monthly fee. Now, the catch here, and it's, it's not even really a catch, but um, if you're going to sign up for Regal Unlimited, you have to agree to sign up for the whole year. You don't have to pay the entire annual fee up front. You can still pay monthly if you want to, but you have to agree to pay for it for an entire year. Um, but it, like I said, it's the and they're probably to... doing that so that people don't jump on it for like Oscar season or, you know, the right. summer blockbuster season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they um, this this is like I said, this is the closest to movie pass because it, it is unlimited. There's no blackout dates. Um, the, on, the one downside is unlike AMC Stubbs A-list, 
there's a surcharge for premium format screenings uh, like 40X or Dolby or 3D and, and whatnot. A- AMC Studs A-List, uh, that subscription gets you any ticket to any screening at AMC and AMC Theater. But the Regal one uh, has some more possible uh, surcharges. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. The lowest tier starts at $18 a month, which is only... Uh, uh, barely or not, not even double what Movie Pass was charging, and then Movie Pass got way worse as time went on. Anyway, so it's it seems like a good deal if you have a Regal uh, Cinemas in your area. Unfortunately for me, uh, Regal isn't a huge chain uh, here in the Midwest, so it doesn't really help me much. Yeah, um, you know what? It, it, I I think those premium movie formats actually matter more than you think. Like, I do recall me and Brad making fun of AMC. You know, a year ago on this podcast, we were calling it what McDonald's Cinema or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and especially because Movie Pass was doing so well, and AMC at the time yeah. were being such babies about it. But now that I have AMC A list, all I see is in these like premium formats, and like maybe my view of AMC is just like so not what AMC actually is because I'm experiencing things in IMAX, I'm experiencing things in Dolby and and Prime, which is like just the optimal way of seeing things, even though you have that like you know, that pre show ads that are annoying. Um but like have either of you been like is Regal a thing over in New Jersey? Oh, sorry. Uh I think so. I don't they're not as prevalent. So this isn't isn't something you'd sign up for. Well, you, you no. don't have any of these these services, right? No, I do not. <laughs> uh, ben, have you ever been to a Regal Cinema? Yeah, there's um there's a Regal Theater in uh, sort of near my parents' place in Florida, and it's you know it's fine. I think um I don't know. It, I, obviously, there aren't really there are so many different options for me out here in yeah. L.A. that I, I would never. I would never even think about going to a Regal theater out here because it's just there are so many things above that on my like personal list um, where I where I wouldn't have to check down to that. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, for people who don't have the the breadth of theaters that we have out here, this sounds like it might be a, a decent option. Yeah, it does stink that you have to pay if you want any of the premium formats, but I'm, I'm guessing an option is better than no option. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all these subscription services and how this affects the box office going forward. Um, let's talk about two things that I think you guys were excited about. Let's first talk about Criterion, which is going to be releasing its thousandth edition to its library. Uh, Chris, what is it? It is a massive Godzilla box set. It's um, it's really impressive. Like Even if you're not a big Godzilla fan, which I'm actually not, you know, I, I don't dislike Godzilla. I'm just not like a crazy super fan of it. But even I have to admit, this is like really cool. And I, I, I want to get my hands on it. It's got a uh, several movies. It's got at least 15 films. Yeah. There are 15 films total. Um, it's got a, a wealth of special features. It's got, uh, you know, this really cool different cover art for every single copy um, it comes with this huge book that's like a commemorative book. It, basically, if you're a fan of physical media, as I am, this is like a, um, a must-have. But the big question here that everybody at home is probably asking themselves is, is Roland Emmerich's 1990s Godzilla film in this box set? Yes. No, it's not. See, that's actually kind of disappointing because I like the the few times that Criterion like 
does the Criterion treatment to like a movie that doesn't deserve it. Like, uh, it didn't like Michael Bay's uh, Armageddon and The Rock were a part of the Criterion Collection at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of love that. Um, I do love the art on this, but I I just don't collect physical media anymore. I know, Br- Brad, you're a big physical media guy. Do you like collect the Criterion Collection? Um, I don't collect like the whole collection just because it's so big and there's a lot of stuff that I don't feel the need to own because they're not things that I would find myself rewatching over and over again. Um, I feel I find that from from me and my personal taste, the Criterion Collection is full of a lot of prestigious films that deserve to be seen, but they're not necessarily always movies that I find myself being like, oh, I, I don't want to sit down and, and watch this right now. But I do have you know movies that I love from the Criterion Collection. You know, I have the Wes Anderson movies and Guillermo del Toro movies, and I have things like um, Punch Drunk Love and uh, Tootsie and Harold and Maude and Twelve Angry Men and stuff like that. So I'm always interested to see what Criterion adds to the collection, simply because whenever they do add a movie, it is like the definitive you know yeah. version of that movie and has a bunch of cool special features. Their special features and their art is just incredible. I remember when I was collecting DVDs, I have such a problem with collecting things that I started collecting Criterion Collection. I think I had, like, the first 100 or 200 Criterions, like, every single one of them. Even, like, uh, there was a couple that were out of print very early on and were really expensive to get. Uh, Chris, you have Criterion. Like, do you do you organize your DVDs just alphabetically? Or, like, are the, do the Criterion have their own section? Where Because on the side, they actually have, like, the number it is in its collection. And it, right. I feel like it's kind of neat to like keep that together as a collection, but it, it, it's not it's not logistically smart because then it's harder to find the movies you want to see. Right. Yeah. I just I have everything alphabetical on you know everything together basically. I I don't want to. I feel like that would just be getting rid of room. I would rather save for everything. Yeah. No, makes sense. Okay, uh, let's move on to one last thing. This is a thing that Brad is excited about. Big Mouth has been renewed for three more seasons. Brad, what do we know? Yes, Big Mouth is back in a big way. Uh, The show had already been renewed for a third season that is coming to Netflix this fall, uh, but Netflix just ordered three more seasons on top of that, which uh, I'm extremely excited about. This is uh, one of my favorite shows on Netflix. It's one of my favorite animated shows for adults period uh netflix announced the news today um that on top of the three year uh, season renewal series creators nick kroll andrew goldberg mark levin and jennifer flackett are also getting a multi-year deal to produce even more animated tv shows and movies for netflix under a new animated production banner called brutus pink so the, they clearly have a new home at netflix and they'll be making more uh stuff for netflix in the future in, in animated territory and yeah, I just Big Mouth is so good. Uh, in in Slack offline, I know that uh, Jacob and Chris are not a big fan of the animation style because just it's it doesn't look the best and it's uh, notoriously gross, I guess you would say. Um, but it's the show is just so funny and it's such a uh, a charmingly graphic portrayal of hormones and puberty uh, that I just I just can't help but but love it. Well, cool. Uh, you can read more of all the stories we talked about on today's podcast linked in the show notes. This podcast, Slash Film Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slash And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. 
spread the word, and we'll see you on Monday. So, Chris, what would AMC have to do to their theater to to get you back as a customer? Uh, they would have to have ushers, I guess, who do their <laughs> job and, like, throw people out who suck, which is, like, 90% of the crowds around here. And they would just have to have, like, you know, better projection, better sound, cleaner theaters. This is, you know, I know there's, you know, they don't want to hire these people. They don't want to, <laughs> they want to save their money, but... Every year, there's a different story about like theater owners being like, how can we draw in crowds? I'll tell you how. Have better theaters. That's really all it takes. There you go.